Well, it is great to be here together this Easter evening. It's uh, great to gather as friends. Last Saturday afternoon, my family and I uh, had been at Spring Harvest and we were uh, travelling home. We'd spent the week praising God. We'd spent it learning more about prayer. And hopefully growing in relationship with one another and also hopefully growing in our relationship with God. A festival like this can be a really uplifting time. And as you prepare to leave, there can be a sense of delight for having been there. And a yearning for it to continue. But you have to travel home. And so for the first few miles, you sit in slow-moving traffic because everybody else also has to travel home. They've all been there and they're going. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're going slowly because you can put on a new CD that you've just bought. (laughs) You can remember the joyful moments. You can sing along with it. You can praise God. You can carry on in that delight. We stopped for lunch at the cafe of the Fleet Air Museum at Yeovilton. Not great food. (laughs) Dirty cutlery. But in roughly the right location for a bit of a rest. And also had a playground recently remodelled based on the deck of the new Queen Elizabeth aircraft carrier. It's worth it for the playground. We didn't go into the museum. It's free to park and you can play in the playground. There's the good bits. The people in front of us in the queue at the cafe had spring harvest sweatshirts on. And as I looked round the tables, tucked among the jack tars and the aviation geeks, were quite a number of aqua-coloured wristbands. They too were making their way home. They too were making it the rest point on the journey. We didn't strike up a conversation with any of the fellow travellers, but I wonder what we would have said. How great the worship was. What an amazing time. How wonderful the music. How great is our God. How wonderful to spend that time with him. These were our thoughts. But they were not the thoughts of Cleopas and friend as they journeyed homeward from their week at a festival of faith in Jerusalem. Their hearts were not dancing along with the music. 
they are downcast. Yes, they're talking about it, but not of the joy they'd experienced. Uh, they have sorrow. This should have been the highlight of their year. There was no greater event in the whole of the Holy Land than to be in Jerusalem for the Passover. And this year, the keynote speaker on the fringe, the, the one that everyone had wanted to see and hear, was Jesus of Nazareth. And the week started so well. Triumphant donkey entry. Dramatic cleansing of the temple. Authoritative preaching that mocked the Pharisees' double standards. It was all so good. And then it all went so wrong. This had clearly been the promise of future hope that they'd waited for. But as it got to the evening of hope, the evening when they remembered freedom and liberation, release of the prisoners from Egypt, the time that should have been the pinnacle of the week, it goes downhill. An arrest, a trial, an execution. And so the day that should have been of joy became for them a day of darkness. They'd heard tales of what had happened next. That a new day had come, that the tomb was empty, that some women and men that they were friends with had said that there was hope. But Cleopas and his partner were numb. They didn't know what to think. And so they trudged home. They trudged home. Not with a heart of joy, but with a heart of despair. These disciples tell their story to the fellow traveller who they fail to realise is Jesus. They give their testimony. And it offers so much, doesn't it? Of great things. Of Jesus, of Nazareth. Of an empty tomb, even. But rather than delight in resurrection, it falls flat. And I wonder if when we tell our testimony, it falls flat. Does it always hit the mark? When we tell it, do others' eyes remain closed? When they look at us, do they see a twinkle in our eyes that say, Our Lord lives! Christ is risen! Hallelujah! Do they see that our lives are different 
because of the love of Jesus and all he has done for us? Or do they see us like Cleopas trudging along the way, the weary way, and come to the conclusion that there's nothing special there? If so, like Cleopas, perhaps we have the knowledge of the story, but not the passion of the passion. It's at this point. This point on the journey that we have to allow Jesus to do the talking. He tells us, and he tells the disciples that they need to understand so much more. This is not the story of one week or of three years of ministry, of 33 years of life, but is the story of all time. Everything after the fall speaks of God's saving love. Moses and all the prophets point forward to a true understanding of salvation. That which comes in Christ. He sits with the two. He takes bread. And he breaks it. Jesus has made them wake up and smell the coffee. Body and blood are suddenly alive in meaning. They are sluggish no more. They spring to life. What had five minutes earlier been the time to offer a bed for the night because it's getting dark and you don't want to be out there in the dark becomes instead a race back to Jerusalem. As Isaiah says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Cleopas and friend have a new ending to put on their testimony. And they want to tell the 11 and more who are back in Jerusalem couple of hours or more away they want to tell them the good news that Jesus is alive whose eyes need to be opened who do you need to rush and tell your testimony to What story do you need to speak that declares how you know Jesus? How he is alive with power to forgive sins and offer life eternal? I wonder. You're not all rushing for the door. But maybe before you rush for the door, going out to proclaim the gospel... Remember in the case of Cleopas, it was not evangelizing to the world. He didn't rush out into the streets of Emmaus. He didn't go to his neighbor and say, up 
just seen Jesus. He is alive. No. He goes back to the other believers. The church itself needs to be convicted with truth so that it will, with the power of the Holy Spirit, take the message from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. May our hearts be burning within us that we may be faithful followers and proclaim it's true. May we be ready to share our story. Amen.